Good morning. Happy New Year. Good to see you all. It's been so we're, we're pretty much through the holiday season i think we've we've gotten through christmas and new year's day and i got to see some of you some of you haven't seen for a few weeks and so it's it's great to be back together now we uh, we wanted to take this time so i'll talk a little bit more about us moving and a little bit more about what that will look like um, but we want to take time in a new message series through the month of january what, that we're going to start here and we're going to continue as we move to a new location we're going to look at um, the book of Colossians, and what we want to do is uh, frame some perspective in how we can be strengthened and equipped. Is it possible to turn off the monitors, by the way? Thank you. Um, strengthened and equipped for all the things that God has got planned for us in the monitors that are <laughs> the, um, the move that we're going to be doing. Um, so we'll be looking at uh, how to grow spiritually mature. And hopefully some of the things that we look at in Colossians will enable us to set the tone and the pace for uh, really the year ahead. And Colossians is a New Testament book. It's a letter written by the Apostle Paul. And Colossians is really all about how to grow strong faith, a life that is rooted in Jesus Christ alone. And so I would guess that, oh yeah, there we go. Colossians is all about how to grow strong faith. Probably you, you fall in one of two categories. You may, uh, maybe you feel like you need to mature spiritually. Maybe you feel like there's some things for you to grow in still. Maybe you know that you don't have everything all the way figured out. Uh, if that's you, if you think I'm, I'm, I'm in need of some spiritual maturity and some growth, Colossians is a great letter to read. Or maybe you're, you would like to help other people to grow spiritually mature. And you'd like to help people find Jesus, learn how to walk with him and develop that. Colossians is a great book for that as well. So whether you need to grow or you'd like to help people grow, this is a, a really great letter for us to be looking at. So we'll get into that in just a minute. And so now, now we can recognize that today is our last Sunday here. So our last gathering, we've been here for just about a year. It was actually January when we first moved into this uh, building for the first time. And when we moved in, there was... It was a rainy season also, and so there was a ceiling tile that had fallen on the ground like the first week that we came, and then just about last week that it fell again. So, <laughs> and so I, apparently, I thought they had fixed the leak, but apparently not, because now that it's raining, we've got the ceiling tile falling again. Um, so that just kind of, it feels like it all comes full circle for me now. <laughs> so as you, think about, as you think about leaving this location, I'm kind of curious, what are... So if you're, if you're brand new to Valley Lights, if you've only been here once or twice or through your first time, you may not have a lot of feelings about the location. But for those of you who have been here for about a year or about that much time, I'm, how do you feel about moving? Right? Do you feel excited? Do you feel, oh, yes, nodding, a nodding head. There we go. Excited. There we go. Do you feel, I don't know if there is, do you feel a little apprehensive? Um, you know, we've got, as we go into, so right now we're, everything's set up or the location that we're going to we're going to be portable so we'll be setting up and tearing down every sunday so well that factors into our kids classes and needing to set those up things like music and drum set and all of that that's so maybe there's some different kinds of emotions and it, it would be fun i think to look at, as we think about you know we've been here for a year uh, what did god do while we were here well what, what was it like having valley lights church meet in this location and so here's a few photos just to kind of look back at what God has done here. 
This, was, this actually was one of our first, this may have been our first service, and um, you know, we were, we've been able to, to add some decoration and lights and all kinds of things since then. Um, so this was one of our first gatherings. There's another photo of the kids' classes from that first Sunday. Um, and we, got, we painted a bunch of the walls in the kids' rooms to add some things to make that look. All of the sheep were there before we, before we got here. I, th I think the sheep have been there for maybe since time, time started, I don't know. And they may, they may endure after this. Um, so, and also to get ready for this space, we, uh, these chairs that we're using, we're, we're borrowing them from Heart of the Canyons Church. And fun fact, the, the church where we got these chairs from meet at, um, uh, what's the junior high school? La Mesa, thank you. La Mesa Junior High. And they, that's the church that has, they've been meeting in that junior high for about 30 years. And it's actually the same exact architecture and layout as where we're going. <laughs> and so it's, and actually, believe it or not, it's the same layout as a junior high school as a, in the Riverside where I started church um, like 15 years ago. So whoever designed the junior highs in SoCal just stamped them all over Southern California. So I have a lot of experience with church planting in junior high schools, and uh, it's great. It's been great. A lot of good things happened. So we got these chairs, and then since we've been here, like I said, we did some paintings. We had a, a number of projects, so you guys helped out. A lot, many of you helped out with different things, or maybe you got paint under your fingernails or dirt there as well. We put plants in and installed lighting and lots of work projects, and you know, we invested, we invested some time and money. One of the things I had said when we first moved in was I wanted to make the most of the space while we were here and invest some money and some time, but not a ton, like not dump a lot in, because I, ne I never thought we'd be here long-term. And so I think we've actually done a really good job investing some resources here to make it really usable for a year. Um, and you guys really helped a lot, a lot with that. Um, let me see another photo. This was one of, this was our, our very first membership class. And so over the course of 2022, we began our formal membership process. People could learn, to, could learn what our values are, what our mission is, and could commit as members. And so we, this was a class that we had here. Another gathering we had was a, this was from a volunteer appreciation barbecue that we did, really expressing thanks and celebrating all that God had done through those of you who volunteer with us. Another thing that we did here, we, so we also had, um, there was a small group that would meet in the building here, and occasionally we'd do events during the week. This was a wedding shower, and so we've been able to have meaningful celebrations at different parts of life together in this building as well. What else do we have? Oh, this was Easter, and so, uh, you know, our biggest gathering of the year was, was probably Easter, and so we were able to have a, um, we had a lot of chairs, in fact, we added chairs to the back of the room as well. That was an exciting time. We've, this was Easter outside. Had some cotton candy going, people lining up for that. Let's see, what else did we do? Oh, and so we had, um, we had a baptism in the spring. I believe that was in April. And so we had these ladies, and my son Dawson got baptized out there. Um, really, that's a big, big celebration that we were able to, to do in this location. Uh, more kid zone. We've been able to just... I think our kids have had a lot of fun um, with the teachers being creative with the space that we do have to make uh, classes engaging. Um, what else we got here? Oh, we even did um, a kids band practice <laughs> one, one week. <laughs> so I got all the kids on the stage and plugged all their instruments in. 
Let's see what else. This was in the spring as well. This was the uh, Build a Bouquet event. And this was a great event for um, inviting you know, your friends or family members or neighbors to, to come check out an event at Valley Lights. Um, what else do we have? Oh, and this was the, so this was about six months later. This was the wreath making event. So I think we had double or maybe more than double the number of people attending that. And um, that, this was probably our, our, one of our most well attended outreach events for the year. And a lot of people came that opened a lot of conversations and has allowed us to connect with people that don't have any church background. And then another baptism again in the fall. The first baptism was in the spring. This was just a couple months ago. And these are more people that have come to Christ here at Valley Lights and have made the decision to follow him and gotten baptized. And so all, that's just a smattering of things that have happened in the past year while we've been at this location. And so God's done a lot here. He's done a lot in you. I, I've seen a lot of growth in many of you that have been a part of that. Um, we've had people come be a part of Valley Lights and this was the first location. So this was the, being here was the first time they came in contact with us. So God has used this spot. So I'm really excited about all that God has done here. I think it's, it's a thing to celebrate. Um, I could be wrong, though. I, I would guess, even though you probably have a lot of fun memories of what God's done, I would guess that not very many people are attached to the location itself, specifically. I, I don't know. I don't know if you feel that way. Um, you know, leaving here is like, oh, I don't, I don't know if you feel like, oh, I feel sad about leaving. I don't know if you were going to miss the building itself or the location necessarily. To me, it felt like when we, when we first moved here a year ago, it kind of felt like it was a life raft. You know, we were treading water in the ocean because we had no, we had nowhere to go. We had, and we had to leave the school, and one week we met at the park in the middle of the winter, and I didn't even know where we were going to meet the next Sunday, and God opened this up for us. Um, we were able to be here at a fraction of what the price is to rent this space, and so it kind of felt like we were throwing a life raft when we were treading water in the ocean. So I'm really grateful, and this space, I think, has provided a lot of stability and has provided some refreshment at any time that we needed because it kind of simplified things with our setup and our teardown. And back when we entered this space, I, you know, I had said I, the situation was a little precarious because we got such a reduced rate on the rent. Um, we weren't able to secure like a year-long lease. It was just a month-to-month -month thing because the, the owner wanted to keep the option open to, to bring a tenant in who would pay full price. And so we were month-to-month -month this whole time. I didn't know. I was like, well, I, I guess technically we could be here for two months and then they'd find somebody to rent it out. That hasn't happened yet. Um, and it's possible, I thought there was going to be a karate studio in here after us. There's been a bunch of people that have walked through while, while we've been here to explore the space. There, it might actually be a church again after us. So, I, you know, I thought us being here, the situation is a little precarious. You know, the, the owner could increase the rent to the full price at any point, which would force us to go. But I did pray, at least, I prayed that God would give us a year of stability here. And I said, Lord, if you, could, if you would allow us to be here for a year, I think that would really help us um, consolidate and grow and be ready to reach out again. I never thought, I never envisioned this as our long-term space. I never thought this would be where we'd be for many, many years. And so as we get ready to move, it's going to require some more work. It's probably going to require some more inconvenience. Um, like I said, going, we're going to a, a setup and teardown situation. 
having to reconfigure how to, how to set up a kid's classroom in the gym again, all those things, there's gonna, there's gonna be some work involved into it. And so I wanna look at the book of Colossians to kind of give us some perspective about, as we go into the move, what, 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 are, what are some things that maybe God will want us to have in mind? And so we're gonna look in the first chapter of Colossians. And the first thing I wanna look at is, as we move to a new location, we, we wanna make the mystery known. We make the mystery known. And, and I say it this way, this really is one of the big things that we can't lose sight of as a church is, the, and the mystery refers to the gospel, and we're going to see that in a second, but the, the mystery is um, the good news about Jesus, that God sent his son, that God wanted to reconcile the world to himself, was something that centuries of people didn't know about, but now we do know about it, and it's our job to help other people find that truth and, and have the mystery revealed. And so in, Paul writes about this in verse 24. He says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's affliction for his body, that is the church. I have become its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery. So this is where we get that word, the mystery. Paul refers to um, God's plan for reconciliation. Um, the mystery was hidden for ages and generations, but now is revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I love about this verse that that last verse, verse 27, it says, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles, which any of you who are not Jewish uh, by, um, by ancestry, you would be considered a Gentile um, outside of uh, Jewish heritage. And so God wanted, wanted to make known to us, people like us, and the whole world, the glorious wealth of this mystery, this incredible plan for redemption and reconciliation that he had. It was actually a pleasing and desirable and pleasurable thing for God to have this made known. So, you know, when we get occupied with our lives and in a big change like a church and you guys helping out with that and figuring out complicated details and you're trying to figure that out in, in your own life. The thing that we that needs to always remain at the top, you know, the, the overarching theme and purpose and focus really is this big assignment of partnering with God to make the mystery known. And as a church, we don't want to just be where it's going to be comfortable and convenient. We want to be in a place where we can help more people learn what the mystery is and find new life in Jesus. And so Paul goes on and he talks about maturity. So as we move, we, we want to grow mature in Christ. In Colossians 1.28 says, Paul has said, we proclaim him warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. We grow mature in Christ. So this idea here is that you need to grow more spiritually mature than you are already. I need to grow. And the people that, are, that don't know God at all are brand new to walking with God. They need to grow mature. And, and it was Paul, you know, I, I think if you've spent time looking at the Bible and you got to know who Paul is, you know that he really cared about helping people find Jesus. And he was very evangelistic. But as evangelistic as he was, maturity for believers was a huge guiding motivation for him. So if a person decides to follow Jesus, makes that big, life-altering, eternity-altering decision, in some ways, it's almost, in some ways, he may have felt like that was vulnerable. Like, 
you can't just decide and that's it. You actually need to grow. You need to take steps. You need to develop your spiritual understanding. And because there is such a richness and there's a fullness to, to life and really to faith that is, a, that is deep and strongly rooted in Christ. And Paul wanted this. He, Paul didn't just want numbers and tally marks with people like, all right, he came to Christ, she came to Christ. All right, we, the church is getting bigger numerically. No, he, he, this was a guiding motivation. He, he said, I want to present everyone mature in Christ. So basically, when I've, you know, I'm, I'm done relating with this person or I've, you know, Jesus asked me if I was responsible with the people that he brought across my path, I could say, I, I really invested so that they would become mature. That's a guiding motivation for us as, all, as well. So we want to be a strong church with mature people in it. We want to be mature in our understanding, really our understanding of doctrine, and mature in our living, how we practice our lives and we practice our faith. And so this letter in Colossians, and we'll see in the next couple of weeks, that it's really helpful for both understanding doctrine and also learning how to live. Um, and so we'll look at some different areas that describe our beliefs and our doctrine and our practices. And so hopefully by, by the end of this, you'll have a little bit better of idea of what is the gospel? Who is Jesus? How does Jesus fit into the church? Um, even how does something like the Trinity make sense? How does that come together? How does a person experience salvation? And a mature person in the faith knows those questions and answers to them and has worked out those beliefs in the way that he lives. So a mature body or a mature church helps one another and challenges one another as we keep growing in, in our faith. Another thing, as we move, we'll keep in mind, so we're working through this passage in Colossians, going to verse 29, we labor for the mission advantage. We labor for the mission advantage. So, so we've talked about, we want to make the mystery known, we grow mature in Christ, and we labor for the mission advantage. And get a picture of what Paul says here. He says, I labor for this, striving. So there's two words that are, they paint a picture of exertion and focus and energy, you know, maybe even getting depleted. So I labor for this striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. And he says this, next verse, for I want you to know how greatly I am struggling. There's another word, it's labor, striving, struggling for you, for those in Laodicea, it's a bigger region. And then he says, for all those who have not seen me in person. So he's got this idea. He wants to help people find Christ, grow mature, and he's investing a lot of energy in this. Like this is a driving, dominating focus. And some of the people that he's working for, he hasn't even met. People he hasn't even seen yet. And it kind of makes me think about some of the people that maybe God's going to be bringing to us in the next couple months that we don't know, that we haven't met yet, and that people that bring along or maybe people that you invite to be a part of what God's doing here. And that, that can be, that, even though we haven't met them, we can be laboring and focusing and, and really disciplining ourselves in that direction. Paul says, I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. There's that word mystery again. And so he really describes it. It is a rich thing to, to know Jesus, but then to grow deep in your faith and strongly rooted in your faith is there's nothing like it. There is nothing in life like that. There's what have all the riches, like the wealth and the abundance and the, and the goodness that flows from that. 
from having the, the knowledge of God's mystery. And so when you look at those words, labor, striving, struggling, um, I looked up the word striving in the original Greek, and, and it can be, has this idea of maybe wrestling, which is like kind of physical, it's, you know, like sweating, using your muscles, um, competing, fighting, having a lot of focus and discipline. When you strive for something, that's what's happening. And then this word struggling, um, it can mean fighting, just like fighting the good faith, racing, like you know, running as hard as you can, enduring opposition, but you know, pushing through it, persevering. And so it paints such an interesting picture of, of the aggression and the exertion that Paul had in ministry. And so here's, here's, here's a form of physical exertion. <laughs> here's a guy, this is, what I get the, this is one of Britain's strongest men that they have, and he's pulling a bus with his bare hands. And so he's strapped to, uh, what they do, they, they strap the bus onto a harness and then he just pulls himself forward, pulls the whole bus forward. So this is, I would say this is a picture of striving <laughs> and struggling, exerting yourself, laboring. Here's another photo. There's a group of people now actually. So here's a bunch of people just, you know, using all their energy, sweating and, and putting all they have into it, all their energy into it. And I like this picture too because it's, it actually shows more than one person. This is a team of people. And so when I, when I read what Paul has written here, this is kind of what comes to mind for me. Maybe not all of us working in this physical way, but with our focus and our energy and our resources, like putting it, putting ourselves into the work that God has given us. Like let us labor together. Let us pull hard in the same direction. Let us move as a team towards the thing that God wants us to do. And so when you think about this, this is, and this maybe is one of the things that can guide us forward from this book, Letter to the Colossians, is this focus for serving others, for ministry. So practically speaking, here's some things that you could do. You can move with us. So if we're, we're moving to a new location, you can wholeheartedly move with us. What would that look like? And that would be like, all right, what, you know, there's, and Barry had mentioned different opportunities over the next month that maybe you're available to help out and put your energy into it. And also, it's not just a matter of energy, but you can maybe put your emotions and your encouragement. In, you know, like when, I, when, I roll, when we rolled these cases in here, which by the way, these rolling cases are two of the many that we'll be using. They're, they're kind of like, they're on display at the moment to kind of get everybody amped up for the moving project. And so I rolled one in, we were rolling them in, and as soon as I did, Mitchell was like, woo! Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, let's go. He's, he's pumped about the move. He knows what the mission is, and that, that was, it was a wholehearted response. That's actually really encouraging, and so I love, I love that we have that in our group. You know, the, the physical energy, the emotional endurance, the, the desire to be a part of it. So you can think over this next month, how can I put all of myself into this move? And then, in addition to that, develop a laborer's heart for the people God is sending us to. As Paul said, he labored, man, he struggled for people, and some of them he never even met. So maybe you can use these verses to pray this week. Ask God to work that in you. Like, God, would you give me a heart for the people that you want us to serve, you want us to reach? And may, actually, maybe there's people already here in our congregation that God wants you to invest in. God wants you to strengthen and encourage and build each other up, and for us as a church to grow strong. So as we move and as our location moves, it doesn't really change our mission or our focus. It just changes some of the scenery. But you can develop, this, is, this will really help us, for you to develop a laborer's heart, a willingness to, to serve and to sacrifice for others, for the people that God is bringing. 
So we're going to be moving, and the reason that we're moving is I think that the location we're going to is a more strategic spot for this mission, for this effort that God has put us on. And one of the, one of the, I wasn't totally sure. I asked, I asked around, asked different pastors. They're like, hey, what do you think about this location? Most of the other pastors in town know about this spot, and, and they may know about um, the other churches that have been here. There have been, I think, five or six, there's maybe been five churches here before us. Some have moved on. Not, it's not that churches come here to die, <laughs> although it may have that impression. Maybe the general public thinks that, like, oh, a church is, it's like, it's like a yogurt shop. Like, an, what is it, frozen yogurt shop? that just like, oh, there's a new frozen yogurt shop. And then, like, they're out of business right away. You're like, oh, man, they just couldn't make it. They couldn't pay the bills or there wasn't enough business. That's kind of what it looks like. And so maybe the impression that we've given to people by being here is like, oh, there's another church that's not going to be able to make it. That's not true. <laughs> we know that's not true. But there was, uh, I, wasn't sh- I wasn't 100% sure if that was the impression, but I was getting lunch with one of the guys from church, and um, we were at the sandwich shop. Actually, I think it's the place we're getting sandwiches from today. Um, and the girl saw my um, shirt. that said Valley Lights on it, and she was ringing us up. She's like, oh, is that... What that? Where, where is that church? And I was like, oh, we're, we're right around the corner. We're on um, Seiko and Bouquet. She's like, oh, is it in that building that looks kind of run down? And I was like, yeah. I mean, it's great on the inside. You should see it, how it looks on the inside. And I'm like, okay, apparently the general impression, you know, is not the most favorable. There's, and, you know, there's maybe things that we could have done to the outside or maybe to the parking lot, hopefully. But there's certain things about this overall impression that we can't change. But like I said at the very beginning, I didn't want to dump unlimited resources into this place because I never thought this was going to be the most strategic. So, and part of, part of the reason is the neighbors, you know, liquor store, laundromat. Actually, I've really enjoyed getting to meet all the people in all these other shops. And I have, you know, built some good relationships with them. But the appearance of that, the parking is small and um, it's just overall low curb appeal. And actually, when you're driving by, and you see this church, it, it just looks really small. You don't know what the inside looks like. And you drive by, like, I don't, I don't know what that church is like on the inside, but if I wanted to go to a church for the first time, I don't know if I would pick that one. And so there's a, a handful of reasons why I feel like this maybe isn't the most strategic place. And any church that does come here after us, if there are any, I pray that God blesses them even more than he has us here. I pray that God causes this to be a place of fruitful ministry. But when it comes to reaching the unreached people in our community, the people that really one of our big focuses, I I really want to grow. I spend a lot of time praying that God would grow our church with people that don't know him, with people that don't go to church, with people that are far from God and are living lives of pain and confusion and in the darkness. And God would help us to grow because we're reaching them. And so I want to be in a place where it is more strategic for that. So that's our big goal. That is our big goal, to keep reaching people that don't go to church. And so what that means, though, so now that we're moving to Rio Norte, we're going to become portable. And I guess the question that maybe comes to your mind is, if we're now going to be a portable church, does that make things harder? Yes, in a way it does. (laughs) It does make things a little harder. Hard is not the same as bad. You may have experienced things, and maybe you've gone through hard things in your life, or may, but not all the hard things that you've gone through have been bad. 
and maybe there's things that got us done through it. And I think actually what's going to happen is by being portable, it's going to create more opportunities for people to get involved. So already, starting next week at 7.30, our need for more hands on deck has going to go up right away. And then when service ends, we're going to need hands to tear it down as well. So our need for more people to get involved goes up right away, which I think is a good thing because I want people to, to take ownership of this church and be invested and sweat and like labor and struggle for making it happen. Really what happens when people serve and volunteer, it, it, people kind of begin, over time their hearts begin to shift towards, oh, like, you know, it's that church with those people is like, this is my church. People think like, no, I, I volunteer. This is, I'm helping my church get set up. And there's this heart shift that begins to happen very often. You see it's when people begin to serve and to volunteer. And I think it really pleases Jesus when people do begin to sacrifice. Like, I'll, I'll get up early I'll, or I'll stay later and help out. And when people become servant-hearted, they become more like Jesus. And so that's, I think, in a way it helps us with our mission, this portable aspect. And fortunately, being portable is in our roots. So the first few locations that we are in, the first year and a half of Valley Lights has been portable. And we, not only were we portable, but I feel like we did it pretty well because you guys are very gung-ho and can do and willing to serve. And so when we were portable before, we did it well. And God's provided even better resources like the truck and trailer in these cases that we didn't have before that will allow us to be even more efficient and, you know, uh, do an excellent job with being portable. It's probably, it's, you know, we'll probably have to smooth things out over the next couple of months, but I never wanted to start a church so that we could do things the easy way. That was never a guiding principle or goal for me. Um, in fact, if I wanted to do things the easy way, I would not have started a church. I would have done something totally different. And what I really want to do is things the most strategic way. So if you, if you hang around Valley Lights, if you commit here, I can't guarantee that your experience here is going to be easy. But I can tell you, we're going to work really hard at being as strategic as possible. My current sense, and in addition, of course, to being God-honoring, that actually is my primary. I pray that often, that God would be honored by what we do and how we do it. But my current sense is that it's more strategic to move um, so, in the, in the next few weeks, or actually, in the you know, starting in the next hour, we may labor and strive and struggle and sweat. We may wake up early in the mornings. If you stick with us as we get into summer and you help us tear down after services in the middle of July out there, it's probably going to be hot and getting in that trailer and, you know, closing everything up. You know, we've done that before. Um, there may be different ways that you strive and labor and struggle with us. But if we do that, if we do, if you join with us in laboring, it brings us more into alignment with what we're reading about here in Colossians. So a question that you may have for yourself, you're going to ask, ask yourself is, how, how can you team with us? How can you team with what God is doing through Valley Lights? And then this fourth thing in Colossians that I want to see is, that we'll look at, is that we rely on his might. So not only do we move to the mission advantage and we put our hearts into it and we work hard, but we don't get all of that strength and energy from ourselves. We actually get it from God. This is very important. In verse 29, 
The next verse, he says, Paul says, I labor for this, striving with his strength that works so powerfully in me. And I, this, is a, this is a great comfort to me to know that, you know, you may not always feel <laughs> like you got the energy for your, you know, there's, a, there's actually a lot of things in life that sometimes we don't feel like we've quite got the energy for. You know, when you're parenting little kids, you're like, oh gosh, I don't know how I'm going to put this together. Or if your work is just crazy and you're not sleeping, like, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know what, there's, there's so many times in life when we come up against, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Well, if you do follow Christ, you have this amazing thing called connection to the, the vast resources of glorious might from the God of the universe. So when we do strive in labor and struggle, we do it with his strength and he gives it to us. If you move into the challenges of your life, trusting him, he will give you what you need. You may feel like you don't have what you need, but he will supply that if you trust him. So as we move forward, as I've, I feel like I'm beginning to see God confirming this move and what we're doing. And one of the things that was really helpful for me was I couldn't totally tell when we left Rio Norte on what kind of terms we left because it was in the middle of COVID and they were, you know, cracking down on the mask thing and um, we didn't want to enforce that. And so we said, I think it's, you know, it's probably, we just need to go somewhere where people can have the freedom of choice on that issue and all that. And so I didn't really know what their opinions was, but you know, we tried to leave in a very respectful way and, and try to connect with the assistant principal and all that. A few months ago when we set up our rental, I, I got together with the staff there and it actually was really, really pleasant and friendly and they're very welcoming and excited to have us there. There's actually a new principal at Rio Norte as of this school year and I got to meet her and I was, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, okay, there's, there's good relation. Actually, and if you've, if you've been with us for setup, maybe you've met Bubba, who's the, the big custodian guy and he's excited to have us there. In fact, he said that he, he was, they were disappointed that we left. You know, I talked to Bubba two weeks ago, and he's, they, they, they wanted us to be there. And so I, I, in a sense, that was confirming to me that God was helping us. I've been praying also for God to give favor with the people that we'll be relating to in the school district and in our city. Um, on that same day that I, that I reconnected with the assistant principal, I was looking for Bubba, and as I was looking for Bubba, I met one of the dads that was just waiting outside the gym for his son. There was a school event there because school was in session. And just got in a conversation with him. Found, I found out that he, um, he and his family knew the Rosaleses because his son and Archer were wrestling together. And so he's like, oh, do you go to that church that they go to? And um, it, was it was really exciting because it he does, doesn't appear to me that he is a churchgoer. But he's like, oh, yeah, they invited me. And I was like, all right, well, we'll we're going to be meeting here pretty soon. And he lived, I think, that right there in the neighborhood. And I said, well, you're welcome. I would love to have you come check out our church if you'd like to see what that's like. And, and it, it was exciting because the day that I had this great conversation with the principal, I met one of the guys that we're probably going to be trying to reach in that community right away. And it was a favorable interaction. He already met somebody from our church. Our church isn't even that big. And I was like, man, I feel like God's helping us make connections already. God is the one sovereignly that sets things up like that. Another exciting thing is there's a new playground being constructed right there at West Creek Park, which is right around the corner. I don't know if it's not, is it done yet? Or is, it's almost done. It's almost done. All right. 
might be exciting. I don't know what it's going to be like over there, but I don't know. New, new development, new growth, and new playground feels to me like new opportunities, in fact. So if it's this week that it's ready, I don't know. That just... All right, we have it from a good authority. Somebody who will use the playground has said that. I'm sure my kids will like it too. So there's perhaps some, it'll, at least at the very least, it'll generate some new excitement and new people in that area. And that's people that we can reach. The other source of confirmation that I feel like we've gotten is as we said, all right, we're moving back into this portable situation. Within, I was, I was stressed about figuring out how we're going to pay for probably the 20 grand worth of equipment we would need, cases, truck, and trailer. And God's, in, a, in a matter of um, four weeks, God provided all of that for us. And I was able to share, uh, as those things came in, I was able to share through November and December, God providing. But that was amazing. I was like, man, I feel like we're moving in this direction, and God has supplied the things that we need. So all of those different examples of those conversations and the equipment and the opportunities, it reminds me of this, that as we labor and strive and struggle, it's his strength that moves things. He's the one that provides this stuff in us. He provides the opportunities for us to grab a hold of. It's our job to faithfully move forward and be willing to sacrifice some of our energy and convenience for that. So I want to look, the last part of this chapter that I just want to look at is there's just an amazing, it's a few verses describing who Jesus is. And it's, it's in some ways one of the most poetic most radiant, most astonishing descriptions of Jesus in the Bible. It's right here in the first chapter of Colossians. And as you think about, if we think about striving with his strength, so he's the one that supplies it, I want to look at who is this one that supplies our strength. And here's what it says. It's just, it's actually, there's seven core qualities, but it's talking about Jesus. It says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn overall creation. Everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Just trying to conceptualize that. Everything that you can see and not see, everything that ever was and is, was created by him, by his power. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. Your life is held together right now by him. Your physical body is, but so are your relationships and the good things and the, th the way, your, way your life is panning out. Any good thing in your life is currently glued together by him. He's holding it. If you would just let go for a second, you would be destroyed in a second. He holds it all together. He's also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself. God wanted, like I said, God was pleased, really was joyed and glad and, and desired. It brought God pleasure to have us have this path of reconciliation with God so we could be made right with him. God wanted that through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Can't even conceptualize that. I mean, we know some of the things on earth, but we don't know hardly anything about heaven, how he's working that all out by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So that's just, we could spend a long time picking apart all of those amazing qualities. He is the one, Christ is supreme. 
in life, in our lives, but just in the world, in history, in creation, he is supreme. He has unlimited might and power and glory and ability, and he is the one leading us forward. He is the one that we trust. So, with that in mind, with him, with Jesus, as our leader and commander and director, let's charge the next hill together. <laughs> let's move on to the next chapter of life at Valley Lights Church. And in some ways, it's kind of nice to make a move that we're not forced into. Some of the other moves we've been forced out of. We were in the park and the city said you can't meet in the park anymore. Or we're in the, the hotel and that wasn't working out. Or the school says you can't meet here anymore. So we're making a strategic move by choice. That's kind of nice. <laughs> I like that. And how long are we going to be at Rio Norte? I don't know that. Last time we were there, I thought it was going to be a very long time. It turned out to be three months. I don't know, but I, do, I actually do see that as a strategic location that could be a hub of ministry for a very long time. Like I said, that other church in Canyon Country, they've been at that junior high for 30 years, and God has really done a lot through them there. And actually, the way that they have favor with the administration and the school district because of the way that they have served, not only the community, but actually teachers and principals, they have an amazingly good reputation. Like, even non-Christians are very favorable towards that pastor in that church, Heart of the Canyons. They've done a lot of good work there. Um, and so, maybe this location that we're moving to is another three-month stretch. Maybe it's a 30-year stretch. I don't really know. Really, my goal is to keep where I, where I sense God's leading us. I just want to move in that direction as wisely and strategically as possible. And um, we'll just keep trying to figure out where God is going to bless us with growth and more ministry, ministry opportunities. So, at the very least, I think God is pleased when we walk by faith. We don't have it all figured out. Actually, to, to have faith means you walk not by sight. Sight is when you can see it all. You're like, oh, I can see it. I can see how it's all, all going to work out. And that does not please God. When we walk and we can see it, it he, he's pleased when we just move forward and we don't know for sure how it's going to work out, but we trust him. So I, things that are coming up right now. So the big focus for our church this month is this transition. There's not a whole lot of other events planned at the moment. It's really this. It's just we've got to successfully transition. We've got these work projects. We've got to um, responsibly vacate this location. But then in February, the first Sunday in February, I'd like to have a re-grand opening and do some promotion and advertising to let people know that we're in that spot. And I think, you know, historically God has used our advertising and our door hangers and posts on Facebook and Instagram to attract new people, fresh people to, to our spot. So we'll do that in February. So these, the next few weeks of us being in Rio Norte, we'll, we'll be working out the kinks, figuring out how long it takes us to set up, getting used to the new equipment. And hopefully when we start that re-grand opening in February, we'll we've have a, a smooth and excellent um, uh, church service. Beyond that, we'll... Um, also in February, either the first week of February or last week of January, we'll launch another life group. If you're wanting to connect more midweek and get to know people and build your relationships, um, that'll, that'll happen as well. And then moving into the spring, we'll have more connecting events. We'll be having Easter, a lot of opportunities to, to grab a hold of at Easter. And so as, we're, as we move forward into this year, let God grow you through it. If you stick around and you lend a hand and pitch in. Let God grow you. 
why don't you become more spiritually mature as you invest and labor and struggle with us? God may use our move in your life. There may be things about this, you being a part of this, that God uses for you specifically. He may help you realize some things or grow in some ways or make some new opportunities open up in your life that you weren't expecting. So what I want to do, I want to close this message by looking at another passage from chapter one, and then um, I'm going to show you some more pictures real briefly. But here's what we're going to do. I, I do want, the other great thing about chapter one of Colossians is there's this amazing prayer that, he, that Paul prays for people that he's ministering to. And I've actually, this is a prayer that I've prayed for you numerous times, but I want to pray it together. And so I think, we, I think, do I have it on the screen? I can't remember if I do. Oh, I don't. All right, turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter one. If you have a Bible, you can. Um, Colossians chapter one. And um, if you have a Bible, I'll actually, I'll just wait a minute. Colossians chapter one, verse nine. And I'm going to pray this out loud, and you can, if you don't have a Bible, you just listen to these and, and just agree in prayer with me. All right, chapter 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we have not stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, that you'd be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God, I agree with this. I pray that you would grow us together and also in maturity and that we'd have deeper understanding. We'd be able to see life from your perspective, that we would gain strength from you, from your glorious supply of might and strength. And we just praise you so much for Trent. For those of us that do walk with you, thank you for bringing us into the kingdom of the Son you love. In Jesus' name, amen.